For more than a decade, Platinum Partners reported some of the biggest gains in the hedge fund industry. Now federal prosecutors say it was based on lies. This week, Platinum co-founder Mark Nordlich and six associates were charged with perpetrating a $1 billion fraud. They are accused of inflating the book value of unprofitable oil projects to make the fund's performance look better as they struggle to keep investors and, att and attract new ones. Here is Brooklyn U.S. Attorney Robert Capers. These defendants defrauded Platinum's investors by falsely portraying that their flagship hedge, uh, hedge fund, PPVA, was thriving when it in fact was not. And by overvaluing its assets when in reality the assets were doomed. Capers called the alleged scheme Ponzi-esque. It's among the biggest of its kind since Bernie Madoff's firm collapsed in 2008. Nordlich and the other defendants entered not guilty pleas on Monday. With us to discuss this latest hedge fund swindling case is Robert Hockett, a professor at Cornell University Law School. Bob, thanks for joining us. Uh, oh, of course. Thank you. What happened here? How did Platinum and Nordlich get to the situation where they were allegedly uh, cheating their investors? Well, it looks like sort of a classic Ponzi-type scheme. In fact, that many people are referring to it as a sort of mini Madoff because it essentially seems to have replicated, replicated the method that uh, that uh, Madoff used. Um, the only difference being that here we're talking about one billion rather than twenty billion. But effectively, what happens is, um, you know, when you're underperforming uh, and you're not able to pay off your initial investors uh, what you owe them or what they're clamoring for, uh, you simply lie about how the fund is performing in order to attract new investors. And then the money that they put in, you use to go ahead and pay off some of those older investors, and you just sort of keep on iterating that particular uh, method uh, for as long as need be. Bob, when you hear about this going on for a decade, people are a bit stunned. Why wasn't this discovered sooner? But is it in the nature of a Ponzi scheme that it takes a while for it to be discovered? Um, I don't think it's in the nature of a Ponzi scheme that it takes a while to be discovered um, necessarily. It all really depends on what kind of monitoring is being done and how closely the particular funds are being watched. I think what's probably more important here is the fact that hedge funds are typically viewed or tend to be viewed as catering to a more sophisticated clientele who are accordingly viewed um, by the regulators and by prosecutors as being sort of less in need of protection, right, more capable of sort of looking out for themselves. And in consequence, I don't think we tend to be as vigilant when it comes to sort of uh, over overseeing uh, the operations of hedge funds um, in, a, in a kind of proactive way. We just wait for something to be discovered. Um, Maybe the nature of a Ponzi scheme plays a role here in the sense that oftentimes the problem isn't discovered until, of course, the fund runs out of new investors to sort of bring in to pay off the older investors or until some you know, incidental uh, event occurs, which then draws attention to the fund. And that latter seems to be what happened here. Well, well, were there warning signs that investors should have been able to see here? I, 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 Platinum's main funds reported no down years, virtually no down months. Uh, throughout the, this time, uh, should it have seemed seemed too good to be true? Um, it's you know it's hard to tell on that. I mean, in, in a certain sense, yes. Um, it's very unusual for any one 
firm or any one investor or any one manager or investment professional to outperform the market as a whole consistently for many, many years on end. And in that sense, you could say that we had a sort of red flag here, or at the very least, a kind of orange flag. On the other hand, it is also in the nature of these kinds of funds that those who invest in them tend to be relatively passive investors for the most part and tends, you know, basically to leave the driving to us, so to speak, and to to sort of uh, channel the old Greyhound commercial. So they tend to entrust their funds to uh, somebody they trust, like Mr. Nordlich, and uh, and just kind of basically assume that they're dealing with somebody who has integrity and that they're not being lied to. That's not to say that they should do that, but that does tend to be the, the habit of many of the investors in funds of this kind. I, Doug, I know that we are very early in the proceedings and we don't know that many facts, but what do you can you think of some possible defenses here? Would it just be based on the facts or are there other defenses? I, you know, frankly, if the allegations that were uh, announced yesterday are, are true, I mean, if, the, if these are correct, um, it's hard for me to see any defense at all that could be offered here. It just, you know, it, it doesn't get any better than this for as far as prosecutors are concerned, right? If we're talking about just outright fraud, not even uh, misleading statements or, you know, omissions, but just outright permissive fraud where the performance of particular funds in which this fund had invested is simply, are, are simply misrepresented presented or simply lied about. If, again, I don't know that these allegations are correct, I don't know why they wouldn't be, but if they are, then it's very hard to imagine any defense. I want to thank our guest, Bob Hockett of Cornell University's Law School, talking about the latest uh, uh, hedge fund swindling allegations. Uh, Thanks so much for being here with us. 